Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How are y'all doing? I'm, of course, your host, Marcus Nez, with another episode with some games to talk about, as per usual, including, 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 including. I did not want to open up Window Explorer, get the hell out of my face. From space, speaking of space, <laughs> Star Wars Rogue. That is Star Ward Rogue, not Star Wars Rogue. Wobble dogs, they, they, they're dogs that wobble. Saga of the Moon, Priestess, Food Truck Simulator, and Cube Airport. But before I get to those games, that I have been playing. I just want to mention the movie Past Lives, which I watched a week or so ago and then acquired a copy after watching it because it is my new... I didn't really have a favorite movie of 2023 that really hit me strongly that I was very, very in love with or felt strongly about, that is. I think I ended up saying Dungeons and Dragons was a pleasant surprise, but Past Lives is a 10 out of 10 for me. I adore that movie. I'm sure it's classified as a romance because we have a limited number of genres that we typically attribute to movies, and that would be the closest one. A drama, not a, a rom-drom, not a rom-com. However, I would call it a love story, not a romance, but a love story. And you might say, what's the difference? Well, love comes in many shapes and sizes, and the love story in past lives is not your traditional boy and girl, boy and boy, girl and girl, whatever and whatever meet and fall in love or have these hurdles and blah, 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 blah. And I don't want to give too much of the story away, even though it's not a big deal to be spoiled on the movie and the specifics of the story. All I'll say is, one, I think it is very, very relatable to what degree you'll relate to the story of past lives will differ, of course. But for me and to anyone who is mildly curious about my own love story with the person who is and will probably be. There's there's the whole never say never. You never really know how your life is going to play out. And anything could happen. I'm always open to that. But the likely love of my life Past Lives is the movie about a love story that is most relatable to my own story, which made it a little hard to watch, bringing up feelings that I still think about because it's, I, I, I am a lover and I love love and I love the idea of love and of 
having someone and all that. Don't need to get in all that, really. That could be its own podcast. That could be its own episode. That could be a Patreon exclusive type of thing because nobody wants to watch that on the public YouTubes and all that jazz. I don't think so. But I think Past Lives is a fantastic movie. Preface all that with, or my love for it, with the fact that I still haven't seen a lot of big movies from last year. So it being my favorite movie, to some extent, doesn't mean that much. But even if I were to see some of the other movies and assuming I like them quite a lot or love them as well, because of my personal nature, I am pretty confident Past Lives would still be my number one because it may very well end up being one of my favorite movies of all time it's just too soon and too fresh to really say and i'd like to rewatch it but it's very 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 good very 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 good if you are subtitle averse then you're gonna have a problem with it because it is mostly subtitle there are English parts in it as well, but it is mostly subtitled. And just look into it. If you want a base idea of what it is, two people, friends as kids, then for reasons, have a split. One goes to America, one remains in Korea, and then they connect again via Facebook. Like we all do. And. <laughs> That's enough of that. But yeah. Past Lives. Amazing movie. Amazing, amazing movie. And then I also wanted to. Before I get to what I've been playing. Because I never talked about it. When it happened. I think my mind just drifted. And I forgot to mention it. And I think I recorded when it was very, very fresh news, very, very new news. I wanted to just shout out my love for James McCaffrey, voice of Max Payne, being the... So for me, it's a case of you never really know how much someone or something meant to you until it's gone. And I didn't realize how significant the voice of Max Payne was for me until he passed. I knew I always loved him as Max Payne and that his performance was great and such a significant part of what made those games enjoyable. But after he passed and I really thought about it, I quickly realized that as much as Metal Gear Solid for me was the game that showed me games could be so much more than just a good time. They could be cinematic. They could be immersive. They could have a compelling, engaging story. They could have all of these things that I never attributed to games until I played Metal Gear Solid, which is why it's my favorite game of all time, my favorite series. But, and I love David Hayter as snake he is one of my or that that is one of my favorite performances but i don't think it's quite as nuanced and as good of a performance as james mccaffrey 
in the role of Max Payne, which is 100% the voice work I think of first when I think of video games and voice acting. The second would probably be Jennifer Hale as Bastila, which I loved her so much in that game that I immediately had to look at and find out who voiced the character because I thought she did such a great job. But McCaffrey as Max Payne, that is the performance that showed me what you could really do with a video game in terms of voice acting and how and how much it could add to a game. Because I love David Hayter and I, I love the entire cast of the original Metal Gear Solid and then Metal Gear Solid 2 and so on and so forth. As well as other games. Uh, Bioshock. Deus Ex. And, you know, just plenty of other games. But Max Payne would not be Max Payne without McCaffrey. Yes, I don't like the Sutherland thing that... I, I don't like the way that was handled or the point of it. It, it didn't make any fucking sense with Metal Gear Solid Five. But it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the game. And that may be because that game and its story was the, the weakest part. As I like to say, Metal Gear Solid Five is the first time a Metal Gear Solid game was genuinely fun to play but for that we had to sacrifice a, a compelling story with characters we like and all of that and I was also thinking on that, on that note I don't like the rumors that said the volume 2 Metal Gear Solid collection would include Peace Walker, Metal Gear Solid 4 and Metal Gear Solid 5 instead of Ghost Pro not Ghost Protocol, Ghost Babel? The the GB is it color or yeah it's not it's not advanced I don't think I think it's GB color Game Boy color that is and the acid games I would like it to have all the other games that are not easily playable on modern platforms we have Metal Gear Solid 5 however if volume 2 included Metal Gear Solid 5 director's cut where it was the reuniting of Kojima and Konami making amends and him being able to finish Metal Gear Solid Five, that would be amazing. Will that happen? Hell no. Because if they did that, they would not include it in a collection. It would be its own thing. But McCaffrey, I just wanted to give him some love. Better late than never. And I can't wait to eventually have the time to replay all of Remedy's games in preparation of getting around to Alan Way 2 whenever that day comes. James McCaffrey, incredible, incredible, incredible work. Anyway, let's get on to what I've been playing, starting with is From Space, right? Yeah, From Space. This is a twin-stick shooter in the vein of stuff like Dead Nation or structured somewhat like a Left 4 Dead or Back 4 Blood where you pick a character of a certain class and they'll have a specific weapon tied to them, a special weapon tied to them. 
you level them up as you progress earning experience points which eventually will unlock additional weapon slots item slots so on and so forth and you're going around doing little missions fighting enemies as they're coming at you traditional twin stick shooting form and it's okay but i found it incredibly dull it's very very co-op centric it's clearly pushing that but i do like the fact that if you choose to play offline and you pause the game it pauses the game it's not continuing when you're pausing it even though you're offline good on you for that but one of the things i immediately thought while playing it was there's this game that's been on my hard drive for a while that I really want to get around to for Attack the Backlog and I remembered enjoying from years ago called It Came From Outer Space and Ate Our Brains. Something along those lines. And I was shocked playing it how similar it was from a color palette standpoint, a vibe standpoint. The, the colors are very neon driven with pinks and greens, blues, purples. In that neon-y look. And enemies are outlined. Your characters are outlined. And I was shocked by how similar it was to... How, how similar From Space was to... It came from Outer Space and Native Brains. Even the key art looks very, very similar. Lo and behold, same developer. And this very much so feels like a, an attempt to expand upon the more simplified nature of... It came from space by adding the various classes and this leveling mechanic and making levels last much, much longer. But you have plenty of safe points uh, or safe zones that you can save, replenish ammo, sell goods, buy goods, upgrade your gear. And it's, it's fine, but it's just a bit boring. It's not super challenging so far, at least. I played it for a few hours. But in those few hours, I was just really, really bored. And one of the things that is frustrating is that you can, when playing alone, bring AI teammates along with you to fight alongside you. But they are fucking stupid as shit. They are incapable of understanding that enemies, when they're a level higher, so if they're at the top of a flight of stairs and coming down at you, you can hit them. If you shoot at them, you will hit them. Your AI teammates don't know that, so they just won't shoot. They'll just stand there waiting for the enemies to get down to the floor you're on or up to the floor you're on. That's annoying. If you have multiple teammates and one goes down, your other teammates will not try and revive them. You have to do that. They don't know how to avoid hazards, whether it be some toxic sludge on the ground or an enemy attack or, or anything of that nature. They're just very, very, very dumb. They work as fodder, uh, but even that, they're not... They don't distract or aggro big enemies... They don't seem to be much of a concern and understandable, uh, understandably to the enemies. So they're just kind of there and can help out dealing additional damage sometimes if you're in the right situation. But for the most part, they're kind of garbage. 
So that's a little frustrating as a solo player. But even without them, you don't pose too much of a, or, or so much the game, uh, or, or at this point, the game doesn't pose too much of a challenge. It's just, it's okay. I think it would make a decent enough time with other players. So the co-op would help a lot in terms of it being a decent hangout game where you don't have to think too much. You're not being challenged too much. You get that dopamine from the leveling and all of that, finding new weapons, upgrading them, somewhat satisfying. But the general gameplay doesn't feel that good. It's okay as a twin stick shooter, but I do feel like it has a tendency to not go where I'm aiming every now and again, where I, or I feel like I'm aiming in this direction, but it's a little off for just a smidgen. And that's probably just me feeling that way and not accurate at all to how everything is actually working. But it's okay. It's okay. That is from space, though. The next game is similar-ish in that it's a twin-stick shooter, but it's called Starward Rogue. And this is a roguelike twin-stick shooting bullet hell game. Which sounds interesting. And it in some ways is. But I found it more frustrating than enjoyable. You have five difficulty levels to pick from, which is nice. And you can dumb it, but not dumb it. Well, I guess you could say dumb it down, but you could drop it down to very easy. And then it is pretty easy to get through a run, which is comprised of five levels. And when you do that, that's, that's, that's a run. But when you do that, the challenge isn't really there. And without the challenge, the deficiencies of the game really stand out. First and foremost, it doesn't look good. The art is very, very bland and generic and looks like an XNA title, an Xbox Live Arcade not arcade, but an Xbox Live indie game from the 350, 350, yeah, 360 generation. And those games did not look good. I can't think of a single one that looked. It's not that they didn't look good; they just had a bit of a garagey vibe to them. Except for, I believe, Dust and Elysian Tale, which did become a full-fledged Xbox Live arcade game that was included, I believe, with one of the. Uh, Summer Arcade promotions that was 99% sure built with XNA tools but was such a good looking game impressive game and was my game of the year that year that it got a full release where it could charge more than maybe they upped it but I think for Xbox Live any games $5 was the max you get a lot of $1, a lot of $3, and some $5 games. But it doesn't look good. And as you progress in runs and go on multiple runs, you realize there's not a lot of variety there. Everything kind of blends together from the bosses to the mini-bosses to the basic enemies. 
everything just kind of feels the same, except the bullets, the projectiles of enemies. Some enemies, bigger enemies, will have multiple different types of projectiles. When you're fighting a room full of a whole bunch of different types of enemies, they could be shooting so many different projectiles at you, and it becomes a very cluttered mess that's not pleasing to look at. And I wish there was a bit more consistency with... I, I, I just wish the bullets, the projectiles of enemies, were relatively similar. Maybe have two or three different types, but it feels like there are a dozen different types across the entire game. And it becomes this giant mess of having to avoid all these things, and sometimes you have weapons that have multiple projectiles that you can confuse with enemy projectiles. And I, I just didn't really enjoy my time with that. I completed one run, and... After I did that and went on another one, I was kind of done with it. There are some interesting elements they play around with, with the various ships you can, or, or I guess they're mech suits, not ships, that you can take on the runs. And you can choose to, because this is a game from, I don't know if it was 2016. It, it, it's been on PC for a while and has finally made its way to consoles. But you can unlock everything right from the start you don't have to unlock it yourself you can click a button and start a run with everything unlocked which is nice but some of the ships do have some interesting quirks to them high damage but can't take many hits you have one where it's very super hot like where enemies enemy projectiles everything only moves when you move or attack, which is cool. It, it, it makes the game feel significantly different, which is nice. It's nice when you're able to have a different type of class, a different type of character that really, really changes up the game and gives you a whole new experience. So I like that. And there are a few others that are somewhat different, but for the most part, a lot of them just shoot your basic projectiles and, and feel... Someone similar but might have better defense or better offense or more missile capacity in favor of something else. But I just wasn't feeling it. And I think a lot of that comes down to the art. But also in that when playing on higher difficulties, and especially against bosses, they could be firing so many projectiles at you that there's no way to avoid them. It becomes very difficult to... I feel impossible to avoid some of these projections, which, which can become frustrating when you're in these situations that feel like you're doomed from the start. And all I would really want, you have the ability to run or walk slowly with the left trigger and left bumper. I wish you had a dash instead, a dash that you could dash through bullets and avoid them and their damage. I don't know if that would make the game go from this somewhat frustrating experience to uh, an enjoyable one. But for me, I wish there was a dash. There's a dash in from space and every, I, I think dashing makes every, every game better. So add a dash. But I just wasn't feeling it. And that is again, Star Ward Rogue. Star Ward. Star S-T-A-R-W-A-R-D. And Wobble Dogs is a pet raising and breeding simulator 
where you've got these little dogs that are, you start off with a little rectangle, they got a head, and then wobbly limbs, and they wobble around on the physics and all that jazz. And you think to yourself, this is going to be cute and delightful. I can't wait to play this. I was really, really hoping for a game that would scratch that Viva Pinata itch that I've been missing and wanting for so long. It, it's, 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 it's very itchy, very itchy there. And it has been scratched. And I was hoping this would scratch it. But there's just not enough to the game. And I'm curious if it's been updated since, but I saw a lot of the reviews talk about how the console version of the game is missing a lot of features that are in the PC version. I don't know the extent of that, if that's changed at all, but it felt like a very empty game. It felt like an early access game, what I was playing, where you have this box and then you, you have your, your, your basic wobble dog. You get a few other ones. You go through this tutorial. The wobble dogs can dig. They can play. I can even figure out how to fucking pet my wobble dogs. You can breed them, but the breeding, there's this very sterile feel to the whole thing with an aesthetic that is lawnmower man-ish and it's lack of character and it's, it's, this is a game that should be super cute. It's not. And when you breed wild dogs, for instance, it's just very computery for lack of a better term instead of Viva Pinata to bring that up again where you would get these little cutscenes and see these mating dances for all the, the pinatas and it really brought a lot of personality to each one and you had them looking significantly different I haven't unlocked a whole bunch of different types of wobble dogs maybe there's a big variety there but it felt very slow and dull, the kind of game that I would want. It seems like a game for a mobile device where shit is happening while you're not playing the game. And then you can come back for a few minutes every day, check on your wobble dog, feed them, pet them, do a little interaction, and then come back another day and hope for some new exciting thing to happen. But playing it actively, very, very, very boring. That was a disappointment, Wobble Dogs. Next up is Saga of the Moon Princess. Priestess, 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 Saga of the Moon Priestess. This is a top-down, traditional Zelda-like, which looked very, very simple, felt fine. It was okay, but it didn't didn't do a whole lot for me the dungeons the enemies it was it was okay it was fine and yeah, nothing nothing really exciting there I, I i i went through i don't know if it was the first, i i went into the first dungeon i found completed it and thought eh, that was okay uh, that's enough of that, though. Food Truck Simulator is a game where, if you're playing the campaign, you play a young man whose father 
died, and you take over his food truck. And it's a fucking mess. The gameplay involves being at your home base or whatever, your 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 garage, and you could purchase stuff, upgrade your truck there, change the way it looks, order new equipment, and so on and so forth. And then you take your truck on the road, find a spot, and start selling your food, taking orders and all that jazz. It is incredibly janky. When you're driving around, it is... There's no traffic almost at all. And when there is traffic, it's going to be one car that's just jittering. It's just... It looks like it's having a seizure or something. It's not driving. It's just kind of freaking out. So that's a bit off-putting. The driving mechanic doesn't feel particular. The driving mechanic is okay. It's whatever. But I can't remember the last time I played a game with fog this thick that had such... Not a shallow depth of field, but... The fog is so... You can see maybe half a block in front of you. It's crazy, especially when the game looks as bad as it does. It does not look good at all. And then when you park, find a spot, and open up for business, it's just a pain in the ass making these foods, dealing with customers. Your prices are ridiculous, but I guess I made, I don't know, fucking $15 for a cheeseburger. I you must make some really nice cheeseburgers. They don't seem that good. But it's just incredibly janky. Everything about it, the controls and all that jazz, it's just its just a bit of a mess. Last food truck simulator, last up is Cube Airport, which is a decent puzzle game where you have a block or multiple blocks as you progress deeper into the game and to, to more challenging puzzles, spaces where you can teleport between. But the, the base gameplay is rotating a block so that it can fall into an empty space so that you create a runway for a plane to take off or multiple planes. It's surprisingly challenging. It gets challenging fairly quickly, which I appreciate. And they like to change up the vibe of levels, whether they take place at night or a different time of day to give it somewhat of a different look between areas. They do that quite frequently to keep it a little bit fresh, but you're just rotating these blocks so that they fall into a space. It's, it's all block based and it's, it's, it's nice. You have a limited number of moves, so you have to make sure that you are rotating. The, the way it works is that you'll have your, your grid, based area and then a block somewhere and then you will tip it over like a a, think of it as a a die and you you rotate you you push it over push it over and it's rotating the the base you know switching the face side and all that and you want to maneuver it in a way so that it'll fall into the space in the correct orientation so that the road will be complete and the plane will be able to take off simple but satisfying. I, I was surprised by how much I was enjoying it. And I will probably go through it and complete all the puzzles, get all my achievements, and be happy I did. But that is, again, Cube Airport. And that is it for this here episode of Pixelated Sausage Show. 
Once again, I am Marcus Genez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash PXS. In addition to the Patreon, you can find the links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, and so much more over at pxsausage.com. But that is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and a wonderful weekend. But for now, adios, arrivederci. Bye! Bye!